Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I am one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Across from me, we have David. Spoopy Boys. Spoopy Boys. Also known as Nightly. Yes. Perfect. Because I was thinking 99 in my head, and I was like, that's not right. But 99's not here. 99's not here. (laughs) Yeah, he quit. Just kidding. (laughs) No, he'll he'll probably be on the next episode. Uh, He had to take care of some things tonight, so... You know, rest in RIP and all that great stuff. We are a group of knights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So hit the lights, sit back, and let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. And that's night with a what? K. By pledging on Patreon, you'll have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, our featured film for tonight <laughs> is a fucking wild one. Yeah. Because we just finished off, we, we finished off strong with Black History of Horror. It was a great Which was month. a fantastic month. Yeah. So that we finished off very strong with uh, Jordan Peele's Get Out. But now we're in a new month. You know, we wanted, we wanted to focus on mental health and well-being. We, we just very came important. out of very intense historical month. Um, so we want to, we want to focus more on, uh, on healthy being. So we're going to go with sickly psychos. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> so this is sickly psychos month. So we're going to be taking a, a dive into uh, psychological horror, which is always tough for me to watch. It's hard. I, I, especially when it's a protagonist, like being stigmatized for mental health, yep. man, it feels like. I empathize so much. Like, I don't know why. I just, like, I always put myself in the protagonist's, Scary. like, shoes. Yeah. Like, I put myself into the protagonist when I watch these films. And, man, it just sucks. Yeah. I feel like I start feeling... Their pain. Yeah, I start feeling the sense of, like, uh, abandonment and solitude. Oh, and ugh, Yeah, that's rough. It's tough. Definitely really, really tough. Um, well, wait till you get the Daniel isn't real. <laughs> uh, um, uh, well, our feature film for tonight is uh, going to be by Adrian Lynn, Jacob's Ladder. This movie is heavy. <laughs> is this your first time hearing about this movie? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yes. And it's First and foremost, thoughts. So the movie opened up and started. And I'm like, is this a Vietnam War film? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, it is. Um Damn, I mean, kind of going off with what I said earlier, I empathize with the character because that sense of like when no one is listening to a character or believing yeah. them or especially with the stigmatized being stigmatized in this movie where a lot of times people just play off like, oh, Jacob's crazy. Like, yeah. And or like they hear him say something and they kind of just look away like, oh, it's one of those. Yeah. Just ignore him. Right. And it sucks because throughout this movie. When he was sane, um, people thought he was crazy and no one was listening to him. But in his moments of um, having breakdowns, um, that's when he wasn't a problem. At least in the film, we didn't see him be as a problem. Yeah. Right? Uh, when he, he was cries having a episodes. lot in this movie. Yeah, dude. Would it, you just feel his pain? Yeah. But Tim man, Robbins did great. God, he's fantastic. Yeah. And the sense of being trapped in purgatory or hell and yeah. demons oh, around man. you like he it i during the beginning of the film i was like this is a personal hell isn't it and these demons are around him impersonating human beings in his living world but it, yeah. in reality it seemed like so much more um to it like with Jesse 
I think that's her name. Yeah, Jesse. Um, I got these very early on these succubus vibes of like manipulation yeah. and trying to just keep them to herself and. It's really well done because it's done in such a subtle way. Yeah, and and she she wasn't the nicest person either. Like she she was nice at times. She was a New Yorker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but she she just had such a such a I don't know an interesting persona. I mean, it's a nineteen ninety film, right? And you can tell that the advancements in knowledge of mental health are just not there yet. I yeah. mean, of course, they're always advancing, hopefully so. But, like, it was very clear that um, the understanding of PTSD was just not fully there. Right. And with Jesse and Jacob, they're living in this, what seemingly is a low-income neighborhood in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and with that, it's just these people around Jacob don't really seem that educated. Even... Jacob, when Jesse brings up that, like, maybe it was the war that did it, right? Yep. And he kind of scoffs it off. But it's, like, it's the thing with vets. Like, they, especially with the Vietnam War, from what I've seen, it's, they don't want to talk about it. Yeah. It, it, it And, I mean, rightfully so. Yeah. Right? I mean, because that was a horrible Traumatic. war. Yeah. And oh, all wars terrible. But that one specifically, it, it was one of those wars where it's just, like, all hope is lost because Vietnam, they were so nuts they were like they were kamikazes and all this other shit and it was just like fuck like what do we do like they were underground popping up in trees shooting and it was it was fucking they were fucking crazy yeah and i mean rightfully so they were trying to protect their land Mm -hmm. right i mean so it's a whole bunch of shit that that happened in that war that really translate really well with PTSD in this movie mm-hmm. um cuz his post uh, his post traumatic stress uh disorder was really really imminent in the beginning of the film right yeah. I mean, especially when they started taking the drugs and stuff like that and then they started like kind of fucking going bonkers everyone yeah. was going nuts people were dying screaming mm-hmm. it, it was nuts it's the so, scene was insane it's so funny because in the beginning of the movie when that scene was happening i was like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> well, I honestly was like, wait, they're in choppers. Choppers are attacking the soldiers on the ground. Yeah. Like, wait, did the Vietnam um, soldiers have choppers? No, I don't nope. think so. And then I was like, something seems so off about this. Yeah, yeah. And especially with the transitions be- between um, cuts, it mm-hmm. was so disorienting, but it you, it seemed like you only saw one side. Exactly. Yeah, yeah like it, it would do the flashback from Vietnam War to reality or or neither really right I mean as we learn in the end of the film but um it, it was so interesting especially like you saying like Jesse was kind of like a succubus because like that's kind of what they were like they always had sex and yeah like they and they loved like he loved her because that to an extent I mean, he he really loves Sarah. Yeah, I, I I feel like you said to an extent because I looked away and like in focus. Yeah, <laughs> um, I no, because I was like, yeah. I mean, I think he just I when I when I analyze, he liked her company. Yeah, I would say that he I loved her company. When I analyze a relationship, I think Jacob has nothing left, and this is what he has, and it's filling in an empty void. But it doesn't make sense. Completely fill in the void because clearly he's yearning for his previous life, right? He, Which. Also does very strange flashback cuts, right? Well, I mean, I so throughout the film, I'm like, I I wondered, are these flashbacks or are these coping mechanisms? These are thoughts. Yeah, yeah. So all these are thoughts as 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 we learn. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to give a movie away yet. 
Um, but Neither as we I. as we learn, we learn that yes, these are just thoughts that are in his head and uh, brain defense mechanisms and and things like that. And um, initially, this is like the horror version of Inception. Yeah, and with that, I it, this just came to mind and very very off tangent. But I this film reminds me of American Beauty. Oh, um, okay. So there are a lot of segments or like when you th- when you think back or when you're in a moment or something and it's kind of like all happening so fast. Yeah. Um, thoughts are repeated in your head. I think about American Beauty where um, someone reaches to grab someone's arm and it's such a yeah. big moment for so, someone. Yeah. It repeats <laughs> the moment over and over, yeah, right? Yeah. And then with this, you really get the sense of what it's like to um, have this mental disability that Jacob has and these streamlined thoughts and events that are happening are so out of whack and random yeah. because that's how his brain is functioning. Exactly. And I think the film does such a good job portraying that um, because everything is streamlined, but it's, man, it's zigzagging. It zigzags, yeah. Really far ends of the spectrum right. for what he, what he sees as real. Yeah. And it's just crazy. And, yeah, it, it, I, and I think it does such a good job in transitioning to how characters in his living world react to it. Yeah. Because people just see him as, he's just a fucking crazy veteran, right? Yeah. But in reality, it's like, no, he's trying to tell you something. Things are going on. But at the same time, like, how much of this is real? It's a yeah. whole thing. Like, when I was watching this, I was like, I, I am I skilled enough to fully analyze this movie because there's so many layers so many this movie is an absolute onion and I've seen this movie multiple times I and I enjoy this movie I don't love this movie mm-hmm. like I definitely find find it, it has flaws but I do enjoy this movie and I enjoy watching it um but uh what do you think about Louie Louie had me feeling very right? comfortable and uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, again, that zigzag. So you know what? You know, I just thought of this uh, last night when I was re- when I had to rewatch it because I, I I deleted my notes <laughs> on me, accident. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, when I had to rewrite it, I was looking at Louie differently, mm-hmm. um, and I put two into him in my head. I think Louie is short for Lucifer. Yeah, so <laughs> I felt this manipulation coming yeah. from Louis, and not only oh man, there's oh man. Now that you ha- you asked me this, I'm really thinking about it. So this there was a sense of like, come to me, I will be your comfort, right. I will guide you, your salvation of like your movement in itself because of your bad back is with me. Yeah, to the point where Jake goes to a hospital and he's like. Get my chiropractor after. Yeah, yeah, give give me Louie. After a big accident happened, and that's not typical, no. you know. Like and, a chiropractor is not going to fix broken bones, exactly. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> and also to the fact that Louie comes and pulls him out of the hospital, and we'll go into that later. Yeah. But there's always this weird sense of him bringing him, bringing Jacob back to his chamber, and right. Because like, like I I picture those moments as he's going to pull through. And then Louis brings him back. Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, it, 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 and it made it seem like Louis, like this miracle worker, right? Yeah. Where he's like, I got it. Like, he just cracked his back. Like, and then he's like, Oh, I got it, Jacob. Yeah. Let's try to have you walk. And then, boom, it he could walks. Be, I feel like it'd be interpreted in so many different ways because yeah. I, I got thrown off when in that scene that you just mentioned, he, he says, Hallelujah. 
Yeah. And I'm like, well, I mean, if you were evil, would you say that? And Probably. Maybe it's to fuck with me. And- I mean, well, the devil was an angel, right? Exactly. So, I mean, it, it, it's it's very, very possible. And also, it was a little strange that, um, I mean, he says a, a quote to Jacob, something along the lines with... I wrote, I wrote it down. We'll get to that one. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah we'll go into that later. But yeah. it, it, it could... This movie's an onion. It is. And it's super interesting. Um, but hold on. I want to look this up really quick. Um, but traditionally with like Lucifer and things like that, it, it's fascinating because it's uh, Louis was talking to Jacob about death and accepting it. Yeah. And not to be afraid of it. Pretty yeah. She yeah, said, yep. if you're afraid, you're going to see things. If you're not afraid, you're going to see the light, you know, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the name of Lucifer, which means bearer of light <laughs> <laughs> or morning star, refers to his former splendor as a great as the greatest of the angels. So I don't know, man. Like, it, that's why I was looking at him in a different light when I saw it last night again. Because I at first when I first saw it, I never I never picture Louie as the official bad guy yeah but i think he is like well, i think he is the main bad guy and we just don't know about so it. there's a couple things that like make me think that could be the case i mean not only in the introduction of his character where he brings up his uh jacob's ex-wife multiple times yeah and it's like i think she's still into you yeah uh, like but, i think she still loves is, you but this is why she left you and right. then um as a chiropractor i would think yeah, Should, stay you out shouldn't of that be shit. Talk, yeah, yeah. No, no, you shouldn't be talking about other patients, right? Right. Even though they used to be married, um, and there's some there's some jab moments where Jacob says to Louis, like, you know, in the light right now, you look like an angel. Has anyone told you that? And he kind of chuckles. He's like, I may have heard that before, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that, like, that's it's, it's weird. Yeah, that's another thing where I think Louis Lucifer. Yeah, because it's just like in the light, you look like an angel, and I've been told that before. Where and it's one of those things where Lucifer is the devil of deceit; he's the prince of lies, right, and mm-hmm. things like that. So it's, it's, I don't know, man. It, it it's starting to even like this conversation here is starting to make me believe more and more that Louis is Lucifer, and yeah. I just I feel like it's just a, a, a something that is slightly on the nose. Um, with just the word Louis, yeah, um, being short for Lucifer, but at the same time, like I, I could be wrong, right? I mean, I, it, it, I think it's, it's a good theory. It's super interesting. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the plot. Let's do it. Uh, Jacob's Ladder, directed by Adrian Lynn, released November second, nineteen ninety. A uh, budget of twenty five million dollars. A box office of twenty six point one million. So oh. it didn't do great okay. at all. It broke even. And it made it made a mill, but it's it's kind of hard across those genres, right? War, yeah, Vietnam War film horror with. Like, I mean, it's it's easy to cross, but I think people don't want to see that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I yeah. think people hear it and they're like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Um, also with like demonic paranormal. Yeah, like in in this was probably a really hard movie to sell. Yeah, uh, mainly because it's just like, well, fuck, like. I don't know, like, like you look, like, like how do you how do you explain this movie to where you can have someone go watch it? Yeah, like it, it's it's like even when I told you guys about it, I was just like, I, it's fucked up. Like, yeah. like I don't know, like, yeah, it's, like, like, it's a fucked up movie. I don't 19, know what to tell you. Nineteen ninety, telling someone, uh, it's a war film, 
that's horror, but also a psychological yeah, film. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that, stru- that talks about the struggles of PTSD. That uh, <laughs> also plays on uh, Heaven and Hell. Exactly. Uh, enjoy. <laughs> Jacob's Ladder. Macaulay Culkin's in it. Yeah, Macaulay Culkin's in it. So, so it's a little Home Alone-esque. <laughs> uh, a score of seven, 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. Actually, I think this movie came out like right before Home Alone. Yeah. Like literally so. right before. Yeah. Um, we open with the with helicopters flying over a marshy land. The camera pans through a group of soldiers on the ground while the helicopter approaches. The helicopter lands and drops off a few soldiers, and uh, we get the pop up that this they're in uh, Mekong Delta on October 6, nineteen seventy one. Three men, Doug, Paul, and George, share a spiked cigarette um, while wondering where Gooks are. <laughs> I never figured out what that was. <laughs> I think, I think, or who that was. I, I think that was just, uh, I think that was Jacob Gooks. I think that's what they called him. But that was like the only time they used that nickname. Yeah, it's stuff I couldn't say. Yeah. Uh, Jacob is, Jacob is in the bushes taking a shit and all the other soldiers will start cracking up, cracking jokes about it. Um, well, they're all cracking jokes. They, the, the, the movement in the, there's movement in the tree line, excuse me. Everyone springs into action, but Doug starts feeling something wrong with his head. And he's, like, complaining, like, oh, I have a headache or whatever. And it's, like, happening very quickly and all that whole other stuff. Uh, George falls over and starts to have a seizure and blood is oozing from his mouth. While Doug is still screaming about his head and pleading for help. Doug starts spinning around and screaming in pain. Meanwhile, George is starting to, oh, excuse me. Meanwhile, George is starting to have blood pull out of his mouth and his nostrils. Uh, Soldiers start... Soldiers start shooting into the trees, and they start getting shot at. And, dude, this is violent as shit. Yeah, it is. Like, everyone is getting dropped. Very, very shocked to see the amount of, uh, I guess, gore. It's so uh, much carnage. There's There was someone that was walking with their foot hanging off, like, a muscle dude, tendon. Jesus Christ. their leg. And I was like, oh, fuck. And he's just waddling over. Yeah. And he's just like, my leg. And, <laughs> my leg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but also with the the seizure and the combination with blood squirting out. and It was nuts. It was traumatizing. Yeah, like it, it, it felt like a war movie. It felt yeah. like saving Private, Private Ryan and all this other shit. And it was, it was fucking insane. Like this, it was so much shit was going on that it was kind of hard for you as a viewer to keep up. We were just like, what the, f- what the fuck? Yeah. Like, a lot what's of cuts happening? back and forth. But and, I remember really wondering like, why am I only seeing, um, us soldiers? Yeah. You know? Yeah. No one else. At, in that moment, I really thought that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's fascinating. Yeah. Paul just sits there shocked and scared to the point where he can't do anything except for cry. This was, Honestly, kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, I love this actor, too, uh, the guy who plays Paul. Um, I'm not too sure if you're familiar with this guy. He I, Have you seen the movie Constantine? No, I haven't. So he, he's in Constantine. He's one of the priests, but he has this uh, this eye condition. Yeah, I've noticed. At first, when I saw his character later on in the movie, I was like, damn, this guy's a good actor. He's great. And then I realized, oh, no, I think that's legitimately. Yeah, no, that's that's le- that's that's what his eye does. His name yeah. is Pruitt Taylor Vince. Um but he's 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 he is a good actor, um, and he's he's just really really good at what he does. But he has that uh, this uh, I'm blanking on what it's called, but my cousin has the same thing. Mm-hmm. And initially, what it does, you you just can't control the motor movement of your eye. Yeah, it's just shaking left and right for yeah. listeners. It just constantly looks like you're looking left and right, but right. very like maybe super quick looking at someone in front of you, left shoulder, right shoulder, left shoulder, right shoulder. Yeah, but 
within milliseconds. Yeah, and initially, my cousin explained to me like how it looks to to him. Oh, damn! And um, he said it it looks like uh, it looks like everything is shaking, but eventually your brain just allows it and yeah. it turns straight. That's what I was going to mention. I was like, oh, I I thought people that had it don't really see differently. But he sees it when he wakes up. Oh, so yeah. anytime he closes his eyes for too long yeah. and he opens them, he sees it shake. And then he says, like, probably like two or three minutes later, it's fine. Man. But he has to wear glasses. Yeah. So, um, but when they look physically left or right, their eyes stop shaking. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's super interesting. Uh, but limbs are flying all over the fucking place. This shit is crazy. Jacob makes it to into the brush and is hesitantly trying to escape while walking through. Some uh, someone comes running up and stabs him in the side. He is about to fall on the ground, but then wakes up on the subway in a postal uniform. Mm-hmm. Yo, so off tangent, but his postal uniform, the shape of the jacket and his pants, it was dope. Flames. Yeah. Flames. He yeah. he was fly as shit. Yeah, I'm not he gonna was. lie. Like he, he was mean, like hella like dirty. Yeah. He but was. like it was kinda tight. Like yeah, <laughs> I was I, like, I was like this the is... fucking shoulder pads Bruh. on that postal service. <laughs> right. Jacket, and I was just like I was like, shirt. I was like yeah, I would I would have probably sung to you too. Hey, <laughs> post, man. It was a lot of black women thirsting for him up in this right? movie though. <laughs> I gotta say though, homeboy got a swollen face. Like <laughs> true that. I, I don't I did not understand why all the women were over him. Don't know. Yeah. True that. Yeah. I have no idea. Um He is holding the side of his stomach on where he got stabbed in his Dream, quote unquote. He puts his glasses back on and reads two signs in, inside the cable car. One about the Big Apple and the other about Hell Hotline. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob gets up and moves to the next car to ask a woman if they pass Bergen Street. She doesn't answer him. She just stares at him. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, Jacob tries tries once more and decides to go sit down when she continued to ignore him. He notices a homeless man sitting across from him. When the train stops as... as uh, excuse me. When the train... St- Stops. He is in the process of getting off, but notices that there is, uh, there's this, in, there's something inside. Excuse me. Hold on. I think I messed up. When the train stops, he is in the process of getting off, but he notices that there is someone inside the train looking out at him on the tail end of it, and that was actually really creepy. Like the guy at the very end of the train looking oh, at him through the. Oh yeah. Like, that happens later, though, right? So no, it happens. It happens again. <laughs> oh. Yeah, this happens twice. Damn, I didn't catch that. So I remember when the he gets off the train, he sees the homeless guy, and the homeless guy like grabs something out of his pocket or something like that. But I missed it. It happened too quickly. It was a tail. It was a tail. It was a tail. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> yep, it was a tail. Uh, off the train, the weird woman is looking at him while the train continues forward. Jacob comes up to a gate that is locked with a chain, so he turns around and heads to the, to another exit that is also locked by a gate. Playing out his options, he is thinking about crossing the tracks. He steps off the ledge and begins walking, um, and it's pretty gross. New York's gross. Sorry, New Yorkers. I love you guys. Like I, I do. My one of my really good friends, Kyle, lives there, but kind of. It's gross. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I remember thinking when I was watching him step over the tracks and all that, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you're just like, yeah. taking time. But I, I figured, like, oh, it's probably just pitch dark, and then we as a viewer see it. Yeah, we're able to uh, see him walk because of the story. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, why are you continuously stomping in the puddle? Yeah, it's like, dude, get out of there. there. <laughs> uh, light bulbs start to rumble and shake because another subway train is speeding down. Jacob, not noticing, is crossing the tracks carefully until the train lights shine on him. Uh... 
the train comes barreling down and he jumps out of the way but notices there are people pressed on the glass looking at him i love this yo so it seems so kind of simple as far as design but it is fucking terrifying it is like it that's something that gets you to your core because of how just basic in nature of scary it is yeah so it's people like the the lighting in the subway is very um, it's bright it's bright fluorescent mm-hmm. but you have all these sh- these it's figures like that, shadow silhouettes they look they look like they're all wearing black and white and their faces just look like as if you smeared paint yeah and they, all their hands are just at the window looking towards him <sighs> and it's just so fucking sick and creepy in a cool way <laughs> um and the subway passes by and there's one at the end of the subway looking out the window just yep. waving just at waving him. at him and i was like damn that's a fucking creepy yes it is fucking creepy and and the thing the thing about it that makes us this is five minutes into the movie by yeah. the way everybody like yeah. literally this doesn't this picks up fast mm-hmm. and like it's moments where because i actually when i first put this movie on the list i personally wasn't excited to watch it um just because i've seen it so many times yeah. um and when i was i popped it in and i was like oh god like i gotta watch jacob's ladder this is gonna be work um and then it picked up and i was like oh, fuck, i forgot how fucking cool yeah. the effects are in this movie it's very unique even even 30 years later 100 percent. fuck 1990 was 30 years ago um, i know right <laughs> even 30 years Thanks, later, don't remind me i'm almost there <laughs> sorry uh, you same, i guess <laughs> yeah same but e- even 30 years later it feels like um it's very unique in its its design of, very much so yeah of horror and all that and monster design um it, it i don't know it it, it kind of reminds me of like um more like claymation animation kind of like creepy but yeah. um in real life i don't know yeah. it's, it's, the effects are the effects for this movie are just such beyond its time sort of actually you actually, know what i agree yeah um i i say beyond like before its time but at the same time it's not because they use this tactic a lot in the 90s actually especially in a lot of paranormal films like um house on the haunted hill uh I'm blanking on a few others, but there's there's a lot of people who use like the shaking head thing and things yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, that is very nineties. But yeah. I think in this scene you don't really You don't really, really get sh- that. Yeah, they're not shaking heads, they're more so just They're just staring. And you're it it's it's in a way where you're looking right at them, but you can't see them. You can't them. see them. And I love that. It's great. It's really great. Um it kind of it kind of reminds me of like taking souls to hell. Mm, yeah, I like, can that, see that. like that's what yeah. it felt like. A lot of this movie feels like that. Yeah, um, it's like kind of like uh, the gateway of getting getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's super interesting. Uh, it passes him up, but there is someone or something waving at him from the back end of the train. We cut to uh, to morning in New York. Jacob is in an elevator headed to his apartment. There are strollers and toys all over the ground, and you uh, can even hear a baby crying in one of the rooms. Jacob goes to his room and greets his dog, Chester, and tells him to go back to sleep. Uh, I put here, take your dog out. You've been out all night, you asshole. Yeah. Fucking take your, get your, your dog has to pee. Go take your dog out. Uh, a woman by the name of Jesse calls out to Jacob to make sure it is him uh, coming into the apartment. Jacob trips over a chair, and Jesse asks, 
ask him if he likes the rearrangement, but he is too tired to answer. <laughs> he explains to her that he had to, he had to work overtime because someone called out sick, which is why he is coming home so late. Jacob undresses to take a shower, and Jesse undresses to join him. It's like hot. <laughs> we cut back to uh, to Jacob being in the Viet jungle, crawling and clutching to life. He stops to catch his breath, but hears a group of men in the distance with red lights searching the surrounding area. He whispers. Help me, but he's uh, but he is startled awake from his continued PTSD uh, nightmare. Jesse is in a, is at a mirror getting ready for the day and asks Jacob if he is awake. He simply answers with "Oh fuck." <laughs> <laughs> she throws a bag um, with pictures inside inside on the bed next to Jacob and tells him that uh, his kids dropped them off. She's such a bitch with his kids, and, and that's why yeah. I always that's why I felt like. She it was something wrong with her, like that she was also demonic. Yeah, uh, because I feel like his kids are like uh, just his last piece of life. Well, not only that, but like I mean, we'll get into it. But her reaction to oh yeah, his Him crying like, and stuff. Yeah, he he gets a a sack of photos, right? Yeah, and he's reminiscing, but she gets one of Gabe. Yeah, yeah. she she painted on the guys that I don't like anything that'll make you cry, right? Um, but that's a part of him yeah. and, uh, you that's a part of his trauma. Yeah. And you can't let go of a past as well. I mean, you, there are, I mean, when I say that, like your past is important, your past is who makes you who you are, but she, she has this demeanor where she's like, you're mine now and yeah. this is your life and move on from that. Oh, jeez. And it, it aggravates her when he clings onto the past and that's where I see those like kind of demonic tendencies as if she were literally a succubus more so kind of like keeping him wrapped around her finger with lust and sex and passion and why think about anything else other than us and and what we have. Yeah. And you get a lot of this in the house party scene too, right? Yeah. yeah. Which we'll get to. Uh, Jacob goes through the names. Um, first asking if it was Jed. Jesse says, no, the little one. And uh, she's actually talking about Eli. Jacob laughingly asks her, why can't she remember any of their names? She says, because they are weird names. And Jacob tells, tells her that they are biblical names. You know, just until this moment, I didn't catch. I mean, I remember him going, they're biblical names, right? Yep. And she's like, I don't like biblical names. Demonic. Yep. <laughs> and ask her, where does she think Jezebel comes from? Mm-hmm. Do you know the name Jezebel? Uh, no. So I'll, I'll bring up a little. I, I feel like once you bring it up, I may know. But uh, in regards to that, even her renouncing her actual name, Jezebel, yeah. and going with Jezzy, right? It, mm-hmm. it shows, I mean, going down the line of the idea that she is a succubus, right? Mm-hmm. I don't like those names. I don't like saying them. They're biblical names and yeah. I'm demonic. And I have renounced my biblical name and replaced it with something else. Exactly. And in, uh, initially, Jezebel, it, 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 it's... It's interesting because Jezebel is also a biblical name. Yeah. Um, as as he said, but uh Jezebel was an ancient Israelite city. Uh excuse me, that was the that's a simplified. But uh she was a princess mm-hmm. in the ninth century and she who and she was married to Habab or Ahab, uh, and he was the prince of Israel. Now eventually they ruled as king and queen, but Jezebel continued uh, to worship the god Baal. <clears throat> Baal, um technically 
is a demon. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's super interesting. But Baal is a statue uh, where it's uh, kind of, it, it's a, like the same word for like Lord and uh, owner initially. Um, but uh, it's it's interesting. It, it was the Lord of Rain, I think is, is what it was. But uh, but if you look up Baal as a demon, uh, it's short for Bezelbub. It's commonly described as a place high in hell's um, hierarchy. According to the stories of the 16th century occultist Johann Weyer, Bezelbub led a successful revolt against the devil. Um, and he's also the chief lieutenant of Lucifer. Hmm. The emperor of hell and presides over the order of the fly. That sounds gnarly. Yeah, man. Pretty intense. That is really I mean, I that stuff is interesting to me when I hear it, especially when it's like a hierarchy. Yeah. When it's because I'm all about like gothic shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Hearing no, that, that makes sense. sense. It's a lot I like it when it's a lot more um structured in a monarchy when it comes like to the underworld versus just like there's the devil and yep. there's all his demons and right. <laughs> like, but, like in this regard where it's like there's a higher there's a higher meaning to it, whereas like there is it feels like Jesse is on a mission to really capture Jacob. Yeah. There's like there there feels like there's a motive behind that versus it being I mean, there's a higher motive with that grander than just the two of them. Right. And it really it really feels like um Jacob is constantly being pulled down and he keeps lifting back up. Um and it kind of goes ladder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoa. 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 Full circle. Um, and it kind of goes in tangent with what Louis was saying earlier to yeah. him, where it's like, if you just let go and you're not afraid to die, those demons will seem like angels, right? God, so that's so gnarly. Yeah, Jesse looks back at him, uh, back at him, and tells him frankly that no one calls her that. Jacob starts going through the pictures and he finds a picture of of himself uh, when he was a baby. He shows Jesse a picture of him when he was when he shows. Excuse me. He shows Jesse the picture, and she makes a cute little joke about him being a fat little baby. She picks up another picture with Jacob's ex-wife Sarah on it. Jesse, jealous, um, t- tells him that she she sees <laughs> she <laughs> sees why she left. And I was like, "This is so fucked up, right. God damn!" But Jacob sort of defends her. Jacob loses his smile when he sees a picture of his dead son, Gabe. We jump into a brief flashback of of both of them playing while looking into the camera. Jacob starts to sob. Jesse comes over to console him and ask about Gabe. Jacob tells her that he that it caught him by surprise and she begins to rip up the pictures, which was very inappropriate. One hundred percent. I would have been furious. Yeah. Uh, she Once a photo's gone. A photo's gone. Exactly. Like, Especially in 1990. Yeah. Seriously. Like, relax. Stop. Uh, she tells him that she doesn't. She doesn't like things that make him cry and leaves the room. Jacob puts the photo of Gabe in a safer place. Jesse throws the rest of the photos in the incinerator. Which I was shocked. I was appalled. I was. <laughs> I could not believe it. This bitch. Those are photos of him as a child, a baby. His babies, his past life. I love. I love Jesse's re- reaction when she p- picked up the photo of um, Jacob and Sarah. Yeah, you just see her eyes widen. Like, oh fuck! 
Yeah. Like, it looked like her eyes said, she's way hotter than me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, gosh. We cut to Jacob driving his mail truck. He makes it back to the post office. Jacob pushes the food closer to Jesse through a mail slot. Uh, so we find out that they actually work together here. Yeah. Uh, he tells her that his back hurts and he is going to see Louie to fix it. She tells him that she misses riding, riding home with him and hugs him. Jacob warns her about his back and she squeezes a little harder. We jump to Louis putting pressure in the same spot of his back. Louis tells him that he saw Sarah the other day. Jacob asks, what did she say? Louis tells him that she didn't say much and that they are similar in, in that regard. Um, and this kind of makes me harken back to Louis being Lucifer, being able to kind of spy here and there. But since Sarah's still alive, he has a hard time communicating with her. Yeah. That's how I picture it. it, it like we brought up earlier, there's a weird sense of uh, manipulation here or kind of just trying to intertangle some like webs. Yeah. Like it seems like he wants their their lines to be crossed still for some reason. Yeah. Um, And I think now that we've gone down this conversation of Louis being Lucifer, maybe he wants to cause pain to Jacob. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking he wants to keep the torture going. Yeah. He wants him. He wants to continue the suffering. So he finds a uh, solace in Louis, right? right? Coming to him and depending on him. He's like all this pain in your world, but you come here for your pain to be relieved by exactly. me. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Jacob asked if, if he talked about, if she talked about the boys, Louis cracks a joke about her response, but he tells Jacob that, that he thinks that she still loves him and that she can't stop talking about him. He tells Jacob that he thinks, thinks that she, uh, should go back to her. Now, this is interesting the beginning portion uh, where he says that she still loves him and she can't stop talking about him. I think it's because she knows that he hasn't come home yet from Vietnam. She knows that he didn't come home. What do you mean by that? Because remember, he's technically stuck in Vietnam still. Oh, that's. And I think yeah. that's I think she's like for for that. That's him probably spying and hearing her conversations, maybe with people on the phone mm-hmm. or something like that. You know what? It's so funny that um, you say that he's still in Vietnam because, like, I throughout this conversation, even though I know what you mean, I had forgotten about it. Yeah, it's really trippy. Yeah, it's it's the way this movie works, man. Yeah. It, it's like you said, it's very very layered. Yeah. Uh, Louis cracks another joke that Jacob has a PhD and yet works in a post office. Jacob tells him that he he didn't want to, want to think anymore. After Vietnam, Louis is working on Jacob's neck and takes a big crack. This triggers another PTSD flashback with the men with purple lights um, in the forest in Vietnam. One of them tells him that he th- he thinks he found one man still alive. Back with Jacob in the present, he tells Louis that he had a flash and that he has been getting them a lot lately. Jacob jokes with Louis about looking like an angel, and then he tells him that he is a lifesaver. Cut to Jacob walking down the street. A group of young black women start catcalling him from for being a postman. They start singing, hey, Mr. Postman. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jacob, liking it, still continues walking. He is walking down an alleyway, and a car comes charging in. A man tells him to look out, and Jacob uh, starts running into a zigzag. Just like what you said, like his his mind is zigzagging. Yeah. Uh, Jacob jumps out of the way right before the car strikes him, and we get another glimpse of the disfigured face in, in the car when it was driving away. When I saw this, I was like, oh, my God. 
God. Like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, like, I, you know, this is actually a really interesting question for you. Like, like, what did you think was going on at this point in time? Because this movie's very odd. So, at in this moment where this guy just hops out and screams, watch out! I'm like, this seems really scripted, and this car just comes <laughs> right. down an alleyway. And I was like, why Jacob? But I, I literally said to myself, just run to the side and let them drive by. But it's very clear that they were following him, even though he was running in like a serpentine yeah. pattern, right? Um, and I was like, I questioned. I was like, <laughs> what is happening? Like, why is why does it feel like things are constantly coming for him? Yeah. Uh, and when he dived out of the way and you see everything go by, I mean, isn't it? It's kind of funny that a subway almost hit him that came seemingly out of nowhere that he wasn't even aware of had the same figures in them. Same yeah. as his car. Like it's, it's which we see the car later. Yeah. It's just, Oh damn. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Did I didn't put two and two together. <laughs> Holy okay. shit. My yep. mom, I got goosebumps. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was really confused. It, I, I've said this in many episodes, but I love when movies make me ask questions throughout the film and yeah. it makes me want to find out what the answer is. At this point, I was really clueless, but I also I was like, it's probably PTSD. And then I thought, but that doesn't make sense because where did this car come from and yep. all that? And I think that's the beauty behind this movie is that it doesn't make sense. Doesn't. Just like this shit doesn't make sense to Jacob. Mm-hmm. Jacob doesn't know what's going on and just us like an audience member we immediately uh sink into his shoes because he doesn't know what's going on and we definitely don't know what's going on when we're the audience and we should know what's yeah. going on now this is something, genius writing yeah this is something I wondered um when watching it and I would have to watch it again to get my answer maybe you can tell me mm-hmm. the gentleman that hopped out and screamed watch out mm-hmm. is that a face we know or was it just a um, random person? I don't think it was a random person. I th- think it was the guy who tells him what the drug was later. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. And let me get into this really quick. <laughs> I had thought that as well. I was like, in the moment, I was like, that looks like the guy in the Vietnam uh, flashbacks, right? But maybe yeah. it wasn't. It was someone that looked like him or something. But then, like, there's a there's a person that's throughout the film that you, like, this guy's in the, the scene again. Yeah. yeah, but like no one's questioning it. Um, I'm a believer in the notion because there's a there's studies that have maybe not studies, but there's talks when it comes to dreams. When you dream, you can't make up a face. Your right. dreams are filled with people that you have seen before in your waking life, whether it's you just walk by the street yep. or it's someone you know. Absolutely. Um, and this became, I mean, we had a very nightmare-like experience along with like, a dream aspect of some random person hopped out and said, said, watch out. But it's like, Jacob probably is like, that person looks familiar. Cause yeah. as, the audi- as an audience member, I even thought it looked familiar. Right? Yeah, Cause he even catches glimpses of the man later. And he's yeah. he like, he keeps looking at him like, like I know you from somewhere and, and I very, can't put my finger on it. Yeah. It's very dreamlike too. Yeah. Not only that though, after that guy screamed, watch, watch out. out. One, it's really weird that someone, it's like, hey, I know this car is coming for you. Right. And also, he kind of just disappears after He's that. gone. Yeah. Just like in most occasions, like, we'll get to it. Angel? <laughs> yeah, no. pretty much. And that's what I'm thinking it is. Yeah. Uh, one person looks back inside the car and you can see the, uh, their head shaking erratically. Mm-hmm. God, 
has such a cool effect, though. It's done really well. I think it's always done so well when it's behind glass. Yeah. Because they kind of fog up the glass yeah. and they make it look eerie. God, it looks so good. Uh, we got the Jacob inside of the hospital waiting room. He is called um, He is called to the front window and tells the receptionist, uh, receptionist nurse, I guess, whatever, that yeah. he, uh, he is looking for Dr. Carlson. Uh, the nurse doesn't know who he is talking about and asks if he is uh, a new doctor working at the office, probably because he's fucking alive. Mm. Uh, not a- not able to find him in her- on her chart, Jacob tells her that he knows where where uh, his room is. By the way, this is how I, how I think it goes down. I think the people who die in this type of reality mm-hmm. are the people who actually are alive. The people that die in this type of reality are the people that are actually alive. Like Paul. Paul, oh. Paul dies. Uh-huh. And I think that's him actually coming back to life from his... Oh, yeah. damn. That's deep. Yeah. And I that's, like that. That's what I think is going on. Yeah. And I've always thought that. Not yeah. the first time I watched this because I was confused as fuck. But the, the next like two or four times <laughs> that I watched this movie... Because I watched... I don't know why I revisit this movie... Almost every year. This is a good movie to go back and rewatch because it gives you more of an understanding. Each yeah, time you watch each it. time. Yeah, each time for sure. Um, Jacob asks for a pass, but um, uh, but she tells him that there is no that their doctors are seen by appointments only. He tells her that he was in a vet in a veteran. Excuse me. He tells her that he was in a veteran outpatient program and that he knows who he is. The nurse asks what his name is again, and he tells her his name. She gets up and starts looking through some files. She, uh, she is not able to find a record of Jacob ever coming to this hospital, even though he claims that he has been coming here for years. She tries to hand a form to fill out to see a psychiatrist, a psych- psychiatric worker, uh, but he... But Jacob slams on the wall and drops a vase on her desk. When the nurse bends down to pick it up, her hat falls off and exposes something growing on her head. You know what vibe I got? What? Well, I'm thinking about it more now. Have you ever watched like Yu Yu Hakusho? Fuck yeah. All right. So I have like, a Yu Yu Hakusho t-shirt. Hell yeah. So, <laughs> Yu Yu Hakusho, Dragon Ball does this too. When they go to the like um, afterlife, the afterlife, there's like little... I guess demons, but like in it seems like in Japanese culture, there's like good demons, bad demons, right? Yeah, the heavenly demons have like little horns little and all horns, that. Yeah, I got that vibe. Yeah, when I saw her. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, Devil May Cry does that a lot too. Yeah. Like uh, the demons in Devil May Cry didn't have horns, mm-hmm. but the angels did. Yeah, like in Devil May Cry Four, I think. Like, the angels were the ones who pretty much had, like, they were supposed to be halos, but they look like horns. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah. Uh, Jacob makes a run for it while she is yelling for him to come back. Um, uh, Excuse me. I didn't mean to put that. <laughs> Jacob is making a run for it. She is yelling for him to come back while running an on-duty cop starts chasing him through the hallway. Jacob finally makes it into a room, but there are a group of people meeting for counseling. Jacob is confused by the people and asks for Dr. Carlson and uh, that this is his office. The man takes him outside to tell Jacob that Carlson died in a car accident about a month ago. Uh, he tells him that all he knows is that he blew up. Said just like that. He blew up. Very quickly on that note, um, earlier when we were talking about a scene where um, a bunch of the women were singing to Jacob as he was yeah. walking by, I remember thinking right before he crosses the street to go see them, he walks by a burned up car. 
Huh. He, uh, he walks by a car that's just black. It's been burned and it's just parked on the street. It has missing tires. Never noticed that. Yeah. And when this doctor mentioned that, I was like, that's weird. Yeah, just was saw that him? a burned up car. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. yeah did, I never noticed that. Yeah. Uh, Jacob storms out shortly afterwards. We cut to Jacob lying in bed with Jesse, and she brings up Sarah. Uh, she tells him that that she is always on his mind. Jacob tells her that he never talks about her, and Jesse lets him know that he doesn't have to talk about her. Jesse brings up the war and that being the potential ca- uh, cause of what he has been feeling or seeing lately. Um, Jacob gets up and tells her that he doesn't explain or that this doesn't explain seeing creatures and being locked up in subways. She tells him that uh, New York is filled filled with creatures. Jacob tells her that they are like demons. She tells him she gets him she gets up and she uh, to go give him a kiss and tells him that there's nothing to worry about. He tells her that the people in the car tried to kill him earlier and that they weren't human. Jesse lies back down on the bed and runs her nails down his back while asking him if he still loves her. Just completely just sidelining what he's talking about. I, I, just I keep the manipulation. It, yeah, but such succubus vibes. Like, yeah. just trying to like entrap his soul and just have him on a leash and yeah. use her, use him as a plaything. Yeah. That's crazy. As Ch- I, keep it, on, sorry. It, it really is, though. No, no, no. You're right. Like, it, it's so interesting. It is interesting. I think that's a, the best way to put it because it, you really think about the writing. And the subtext and reading between the lines, right? It's just, I think it's really well done. Yeah, I it, agree. It really, her character arc is actually really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jacob doesn't respond because he's in a trance like state, but then tells her, yeah, that was it. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, I still love you or anything like that. Just, yeah. But then we cut to a party where a ton of people are dancing around. Um, Jacob is trying to walk away from this from this lady who is super flirting with him. He goes to the fridge to grab a drink, and there is a uh, there is a carcass of an animal's head inside the fridge, mm-hmm. and not just any carcass. It was a pig's head. I thought it was a, like a goat or something. Yeah, it might have been a goat. Yeah, might have been a goat. And which could make more sense. Yeah, right. Because I, I mean, Baphomet. So do cool. you know do you know Baphomet? No, but Baph- it sounds familiar. Baphomet is uh, the uh, the goat dude who d- does this with the hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like that. That's what I figured, yeah. but I didn't want to assume. Yeah. Um, yeah, I when I saw that, I was like, I literally was like, PTSD? Right. Question mark. But it's like also at the same time, but why a goat? That doesn't make sense. Doesn't make something sense doesn't line up. Yeah, something something's odd here. Yeah. Something's very odd. While strolling around the party, he lifts a cloth on a bird on a bird cage and it freaks out a crow mm-hmm. that's inside. And just like you said a few episodes back, actually, uh, probably about a month or two ago, that a crow is considered a bad omen. Yep. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Spooked, he keeps um, he keeps it moving and going up the stairs. There's a woman by the name of Elsa on the stairs who wants to read his palms. Another woman walking down the stairs encourages him to go for it and let her do it. Jacob agrees, and she starts reading his palm. Now, uh... I know we're not in Black History Month, but this is actually a very common thing. This was a very common trope. You always had, because Elsa's black, mm-hmm. but you always had some trope where it was the magical Negro. Yeah. And 
this woman just out of nowhere. She mm-hmm. doesn't pop up in the movie ever again. Yeah. And she was just there for him for that one point in time. Yeah. Uh, she notices that he is married and starts flirting with him a little bit. Elsa notices another line, and Jacob jokingly tells her that this is this is a paper cut. Jesse is down the stairs and tells him that she wants she wants to have at least one dance with him. She jokingly asks if they are flirting and then walks away. Elsa continues flirtatiously reading his palm, showing where his heart line, his head line, and his lifeline are, which she says is weird because he should already be dead. She makes one last flirtatious joke before Jacob gets up and gets the fuck out of there. Back downstairs and Jesse tells Jacob to come dance with her. And my my dude is white as fuck dancing, bro. Like, I, was <laughs> I like, thought that too. I was like, bro, yeah, get there with your no rhythm ass. Go ahead. <laughs> shit. Oh, oh, shit, okay. But yeah, he, was, <laughs> he was not busting moves. <laughs> but he tells Jesse something about, he's, uh, he tells Jesse something in, in her ear, and then he stops dancing. Jesse is just completely over it. She just continues dancing anyway. And just wanting to have fun, she starts dancing on another dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob didn't really uh, like the sight of this. While walking out of the dancing pit, he notices two people getting it on. Just like, straight fucking up in there. So I don't know if I didn't go back and check this out, right? So the two people getting on the couch. Mm-hmm. There's a girl on top of a dude. And at first, the girl seems like she's just wearing a dress. Yes. Later on, it transitions. She's in lingerie. Yes. So that is a transition that, that happened. That was a transition that happened. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that's what I thought. Yeah. And I guess we'll see with Jesse too. There's also a transition as well. Yes. Going back on Which the, I, I have a few theories about that one yeah. too, and I'll tell you. Um, with the palm reader, the last flirtatious line that she mentioned, she's like, before you go, just give me those baby blues, right? Yeah, that's His right. Eyes. I seen it as a way as like, your body is going, your soul's going. I want those eyes. I want eyes. those eyes, yeah. Literally, let me take yeah, them. Yeah, l- literally let me have those yeah. eyes. And it, it gave me a... Because it was a weird comment to make. Like, it as was. A, as a flirt, because it, no one says, give them to me. Yeah. Um, like, has anyone ever said that about your eyes, David? No. I'm sure people have com- complimented you, right? Yes, I have I have blue eyes, everyone. Uh, yes. <laughs> but at, um, at the same time, it's just... Yeah, it, it was I weird. see what you mean. Like, like, I would be weirded out if someone was just like, Give me your eyes. Yeah, like even if they were flirting, I'm just like, mm, that's a weird flirt. <laughs> Let's be it's just, real. It's just an odd sentence. It's a sentence. Very much it's so. Something that's. I'm glad you took it quite literal. Yeah, it's it's something that's more odd that surprisingly beats out your you should already be dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because it's when she mentions you should already be dead, she's not really surprised by it yeah she's like, like she, still laughing it off and yeah. shit it's like she kind of knows what she is doing is bullshit yeah and but it, she's like madly into it though. well now that we're talking about this we talked about the car earlier and him being chased down the subway yeah. this palm reader asking for the eyes i think i think these are just demons that are and with jesse as well these are demons that are trying to maybe um grab Jacob's soul for themselves, mm-hmm. right? Or something. Yeah. Um, and I think people are just like starting to take pieces and, and things like that. Yeah. Like, I, like these, I, I feel like the people that he talks to mm-hmm. are like maybe bigger demons, like that hierarchy, right? Yeah. So like, I, I think it has something to do with that. And it's all in a manipulative way, right? I mean, cause you think about, and we'll, we'll go into the scene coming up, but you, I think about like, 
I think about the books that Jacob was looking at that were um, filled with like biblical references and uh, demonic references. And mm-hmm. uh, when I imagine lower class demons, when they see like someone transitioning from life to death, they probably go about it in a way where they go and scavenge like vultures, right? Yeah, yeah. But these bigger demons, they have a grander scheme to kind of get everything for themselves. And I feel like it's more so of a people can go for the prey, but if there's a there's a bigger threat around, they'll fight to get that prey. Right. No, yeah. that makes sense. And it's I mean, I feel like it's this movie is set up in a way where you can analyze it in so many different ways. So it's really kind oh, of seriously fascinating. It really is. Um but with this next scene which we'll, which we'll get to. It gets really crazy. Uh, this uh, the only thing is happening. He starts having a, a, a bit of a psychotic breakdown. Right, Jacob notices a man at the end of the room. The crow starts flying over his head. It looks super cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the only cheesy thing that really happened in this movie. I felt like because that was like mad cheese balls. Uh, <laughs> we we get images of of the head from the fridge barking and snapping at him. Oh. <sighs> What the fuck? Yeah, uh, the man at the the man at the end of the hallway is shaking his head rapidly. It changes to a super buff dude, um, uh, and to the super buff dude with a bag over his head, and back to the strange man in the end of the hall. Like it's just like it's flickering back and forth between these two guys. I thought the first guy that we saw was one of his uh, mates. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this causes Jacob to shake his head out of fear and he drops his glasses on the floor. He goes down to pick them up and when he looks back up, he is noticing Jesse. Jesse is dancing very sexual with a man behind her and starts to pull her dress up. The man turns into this huge fucking creature that starts having sex with her on the dance floor. Um, and with that being said, like it... There's a lot of strobing lights, flashing lights, yeah. and it as a viewer, it, it makes you question like, are they fucking? Right. Or are they just or are they still dancing? Or yeah, or is Jacob just kind of like being confused on what he's seen? Um, but it, it does a lot of close up shots to Jesse's face of like yeah. moans. Right. Uh she's lifting her dress up and her, she, she's like spinning her head around. Yeah, her ass is exposed. She's wearing um like laundry, laundry underwear. Yep. Underwear. Um and she's being thrust back and forth, and her eyes are rolling back. At the yep. same time, this creature has, like, a tail that's coming out, wrapping around that's her. That's who I think it is. What was that? I think it's the guy on the subway. You think it's the... Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> yep. Damn. Yep. Well, yeah, because I didn't catch the first time around that was a... A tail. A tail. I honestly thought he, like... I, I couldn't see if I said, no, I thought he pulled the dick out or something. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's a subway, sure. Yeah, but this... Um, this scene is weird because it's like that succubus tendency that I was thinking is it's being like brought to light a lot more, right? Because she looks like she's enjoying it. Yeah, uh, but, but it gets I, so intense that like its horn goes through her mouth. Yeah, like she looks like she's enjoying it, even though it looks so intense that like her body can't handle it. Yeah, I mean, there's claws being grabbed on her ass and her skin's being ripped up. Um, it was gnarly. Yeah, it was. It was crazy. Kind of uh, hot, and then she but crazy. <laughs> I mean, it gets to the point where this tail is like between her legs, and she's like rubbing up, rubbing on it. against it. Yeah, God, it was weird. It, God, was. it was straight Japanese hentai porn. That's like, what I thought of too. Like, like, this some, some tentacle God, shit. God, it was weird. Uh, Jacob drops down to the floor, screaming while people are surrounding him. We cut to a brief PTSD flashback once again, but then we cut 
back very quickly to Jesse being upset with Jacob, acting like that at the party. Damn, bitch, lay off. You are, and she uh, says that you are acting like you. Oh, I put here, you're acting like you wanted to wanted to do that in front of people. Like, calm the fuck down. Yeah. Jacob is lying in bed with a thermometer in his mouth while Jesse is yelling at him. She doesn't want any more crazies in her life, and if he goes crazy, he is doing it to himself. I think uh, she's talking about ball at mm. this point in time, or uh, bezel bub. She takes the thermometer out of out of his mouth and is off to the scale, and it's off the scale. Jesse is freaking out and immediately calls the doctor. Uh, she hangs up the phone and starts making a cold bath, calling for Jacob to get out of bed. He doesn't want to because he is cold, but she forces him to get out of bed anyway. Jesse takes him to the bathroom and is is telling him to get inside the bathtub. She leaves him so he can uh so she can run and get more ice from their neighbors. Uh she starts banging on doors telling her neighbors what's going on with Jacob. Meanwhile, Jacob can't even stand straight in the bathroom on his own. Jacob is on the ground. Jesse and her neighbors put him in the freezing tub. Jacob starts to scream on how cold the bath is, but they are making sure that he is look that they are looking out for him and trying to get his temperature down. Man, man. Mm-hmm. Jacob starts yelling for them to stop and that they are killing him. Uh, we cut to Jacob and Sarah in bed, but the window is open. He closes the window and wakes Sarah. Jacob tells her that the window stays closed, but Sarah tells him that it is not healthy to have it closed. He starts to tell Sarah about a dream that he that he was having, um, and it was about Jesse, uh, but he called her Jezebel from the post office. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah opens her eyes when he starts to tell her about starts to tell her about her um, about Jesse but immediately feels comfort when he calls it a nightmare. Jacob continues that there that there were all these demons surrounding him. Uh, Sarah tells him jokingly that they are guilty thoughts because he was cheating on her in his dream. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Uh, Jacob starts joking that Jesse was great in bed and he had great and she had great thighs. <laughs> Sarah and Jacob are about to get busy but are interrupted by Gabe coming into the room asking what the noise was. Jacob asks him, um, "What is what is he what is he doing up?" Gabe says that it is cold in their room. Sarah tells Gabe to go back to bed, but he wants to. Um, be tucked in by his dad Jacob gets up to tuck Gabe into his bed while Gabe is in bed Jacob gives him a kiss on the forehead and then starts to sing a lullaby to him Jacob's other son Jed wakes up to tell him that he forgot to give him an allowance and Eli in the lower bunk tells his dad that he loves him Jacob tells him that he loves him back and tells all the boys to get back to sleep while walking out Gabe uh, tells him not to go but Jacob reassures him that he is not going anywhere uh, he turns the light off and wishes them a good night, then heads back into the room with Sarah. I think when Jacob says, like, don't go, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's the point where you know, he, Gabe says, don't, don't excuse go. Excuse me, go, Gabe, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's the point where Jacob's actually dying, like dying, dying. Really? Yeah, and I think he's, like, slipping because Gabe's already dead. Yeah. And we see Gabe later. Yeah. And Gabe brings him into the light later, right? So. It's really fascinating how we've been talking. I'm gonna get about a blanket. This. I'll be right back. Yeah, it's really fascinating how we've been talking about this movie because what I keep there's ideas that keep coming to mind as we go into it, and it these thoughts didn't come through when I watched it. So breaking down the scene, right? Um, with Jacob being forced into the tub with the ice, mm-hmm. I think of it now as if maybe he was 
coming, maybe he was being saved. Maybe he was coming back to life. Yes. Because we've been, and they brought him back. We've been told that you should already be dead. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think this fever of 106 is actually him being recovered from wounds that he encountered in Vietnam. Yeah. Because remember, uh, this goes back to my, to my point. If you die there, you come back to exactly. life in reality. Yeah. So he almost died. So, of co- and how weird is it that all these people in the apartment complex start coming around and around yeah. him in the bats of naked? Just like, I literally think of them grabbing him and pulling him down. Yeah. As if like, like a multitude of just random demons grabbing and pulling down. <sighs> Fucking nuts. And he's screaming, you're killing me. When literally, yeah, they're, they're killing him. They're killing him. He's so close to being, because he's being treated, right? As we find out later that. Right. Um, Sorry to, for like future spoilers and all about whatever. Yeah, I feel like it's hard <laughs> to talk about this without doing yeah. so. But he's in a state where what we think is purgatory. And right. it seems like he could be saved. We've been dabbled in the idea that he is already dead. Yeah. It's very confusing. And it seems, even when you watch the film about Jesse calling a doctor and saying he has a 106 uh, degree fever and basically saying it's it's not gonna happen like he's dying yeah he'll die on the way to the hospital and it's weird when you watch it as an audience member it's like you're putting so much ice in the bathtub and you have all the cold water on and he's telling you he's freezing but you don't care you're just gonna throw and then all of these people come and throw ice in in the bathroom and he's people that we've never seen before exactly just out of nowhere they're here Yep, and then it transitions to, I mean, the movie plays it out in the way where he kind of uh, blacks out and his day is dreaming about his past life with Sarah and his kids. And it's, yeah. you had mentioned with Gabe saying, don't go. Um, and it could be because maybe Jake uh, Gabe is communicating with Jacob. Mm-hmm. But I also think of it as this way, when he's talking to um, Eli and, was it Jed? Jed. Jed. I think it's uh, lingering thoughts, final mm-hmm. thoughts of like, I never gave Jed his allowance before. Yeah, all before this. I before I left or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wanted to tell Eli because he's the youngest that I love him. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good thought. I wanted to tell because he he goes back into the room with Sarah and tells her that he loves her. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah. like, these are just those last like sentences I wish I could have shared with my kids. Yeah. Um, because he knows he he. he you get a sense that he knows something's up. And when he first transitions into these memories that yeah. we, we see as memories, he's very in the moment. He's very alive and happy. He even thinks about the nightmare he was having yeah. where it's like, Oh my God, crazy. I was living with <laughs> Jesse and we had great sex and her body was fucking rocking, but yeah. like everything around me was just so scary. Right. Um, and Gabe even I when I heard Gabe talking, I felt like Gabe was trying to guide him to heaven. Right? right. It's like no, like leave a path open. Don't close this off. Like yeah, this will help you. Um, right. So it it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean it. It something felt weird and felt demented when all his neighbors were there just freezing him. It was very odd. It was very, very odd. It was it was super interesting, and 
Yeah, no, I'm right there with you on this. Actually, yeah, yeah I'm right there with you. I, I, that's a great point of like being it something that he's staying attached mm-hmm. to. Oh fuck! What a good thought. And man. then it goes back to Louis what saying, a "Good thought. Leave everything behind. Yeah, Just accept death. Accept death." Fuck, dude. Uh, with a look of concern on his face, he tells his wife that he loves her. We cut to a spiral. Uh, we cut to the spiraling. What the spiraling? Oh, we cut to the spiraling uh, while a few men are talking. So it's like spiraling down the, the camera spiraling. I wrote this pretty late. <laughs> uh, Jacob is on his back and opens his uh, widely open eyes. <laughs> oh, I definitely wrote this really late. <laughs> Jacob is on his back and he opens his eyes widely. Those baby blues. Those baby blues. We, we take them all. Um, yeah, Jacob needs, uh, not Jacob, David needs four pairs. <laughs> uh, we see that he is in a bathtub. Jesse, Sam, and their dog are there uh, for him. Tears flow out of his eyes, and Jacob closes them. We get a flashback of Nam. Uh, one of the soldiers is being hoisted up into a helicopter. We cut back to the apartment, and Jacob is walk is waking back up. Jesse tells him that um, he will be all right, and Jacob asks her, um, if he is home, Jesse t- uh, starts to tell him that he was uh, what he was saying while he was out of it. Um, and I put here as what a great way of making someone seem like they're actually losing it. Right. Like, uh, and I even put here, the creatures definitely are scary. But what is really scary is knowing that uh, you dreamt up a better reality that will never come true. Yeah, like, that fuck. manipulation there. It, it's just all there. Uh, Jacob doesn't know if he is even alive anymore, but Jesse reassures him that he is and he needs to rest. She tells him that the doctors think he has a virus, but joked that they say these things uh, when they don't know what it is. I thought that was a good touch. I did too. Yeah. Uh, we cut to a bunch of books on demonology that Jacob is reading. He is flipping in a book and putting bookmarks down on what he finds intriguing with demons sprawled on the page. Jesse tells Jake that um, tells Jake that he needs to get out today and sitting around is not good for his mind. Jacob doesn't respond, so Jesse comes up uh, comes up to him and yells, "Is anybody in there? Is anybody home?" Jesse, uh, Jesse's eyes turn to uh, to a deep black, and Jacob pushes her away and asks, "Who are you?" Yeah, <laughs> fuck. Looking very demonic. I felt like her teeth were sharp too. They probably were. Yeah, definitely probably were. She tells him to fuck off, and she is tired of taking care of him. Then storms out. She said two weeks of this shit. That's right. And you know what I think it is? Being a succubus, she hasn't fucked in two weeks. Uh, maybe yeah. shit. Uh, the phone starts to ring, and it is a long. It is his long time friend Paul. Paul tells him that he needs to see him. Jacob tells him that he has been a bit sick, but Paul persisted, telling him, um, telling him again. They meet up in a, at a dive bar that also had a fucking boxing ring in the middle of it. Yeah, was that in the same building? That was in the same building. That was weird. Uh, he continues by yelling... Oh, excuse me. Uh, Paul starts telling him that he is going to hell and that they have been following him. He continues by yelling that he is going... Um, going out of his mind, the people in the bar stop what they are doing to look at him. Uh, Jacob lets him know that he sees the demons too. Uh, 
Paul tells him that carrying around religious trinkets don't seem to help and asks what happened that night when uh, they were attacked in Vietnam. The creatures won't tell them why they are following them or what they want. Meanwhile, a man walks into the bar and stares at, at them for a little while but walks away. We cut to two men boxing while, uh, while Paul and Jacob are walking out of the bar slash gym which is a very odd thing to say. Uh, They are walking to Paul's car, but Paul stops when he sees a quarter on the ground. He bends down to pick it up while Paul is about to turn his car on. The quarter slides away from Jacob, and he looks back at Paul in the car. Paul's car immediately blows up and sends Jacob flying back, killing Paul instantly. We cut to another Vietnam flashback. Jacob is in a helicopter wounded. The pilot gets shot and the helicopter is going down. While falling, Jacob is is looking up in t- complete terror. Back in reality, Jacob is being picked up from the ground from uh, from the man who was watching him from inside earlier. They both stare at the car, but the man is trying to pull Jacob away to uh, to safety. Whoops, I went way too far down. <laughs> uh, do, 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 do. But also, this guy that we see, Where am I? Um, I don't know if you mentioned it, but he's also this, while uh, Paul and Jacob were talking, he's in the distance. He is. He's just, he's just watching. He's just watching. Yeah, and this is the point where I'm like, isn't that the same guy that shouted, be careful, uh, or watch out when the car started rushing down? And I think it is. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm not 100 percent sure either. Um, and I, I th- but I do think it is. I, yeah. I think you're right. Uh, they both stare at the car, but the man is trying to pull Jacob away to safety. One more explosion comes from the car. Uh, the man gets up and starts uh, walking the opposite direction as Which soon as he pulls so him away. Weird. And just, just like nothing. Yeah. <sighs> just like I, I did my part. I'm, I'm gone. I like these parts of the movies though, because or the movie because. It made me want to know what was up. Yeah, like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. There's something weird. And, oh, my God, the quarter sliding away? Jacob going, it's my lucky day. When it's not, from your theory, it's Paul's. Yep. But at the same time, it all felt so deliberate. Yeah. The quarter being there. Well, because he was going to walk in there with Paul. Yeah, but, like... Before the car blew up, you knew something was going to happen. Before Jacob reached for the quarter, like something felt weird. Yeah. Um, and I mean, his car blew up. We know that the doctor previously um, blew up in a car as well. And then we'll talk about that later. Yep. When they were walking to Paul's car, there was a car across the street that was all uh, beat up, tires stolen I saw as that. well. Yeah. But it wasn't burnt. Yeah. And then, like I mentioned earlier, before he found, oh, Jacob found out about his doctor blowing up in a car. There was a burnt car next to him. It's yeah, it's weird. these correlations. Yeah, and I very wonder, odd. I I bet you there's some correlation to demonology in that. Maybe that we're just not aware. Yeah, of. Yeah, maybe. Maybe some like demonic chariots or yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, we cut to Paul's funeral. Jacob and his war comrades are all sitting at the kitchen table talking about how Paul died and how it potentially uh, is not an accident. One of the men says that Paul wasn't hated by anyone, so why would someone want to do this? Frank asks Jacob that Paul's uh um that Paul says that when they wait what Frank asks Jacob 
what did Paul say when you guys went out of the bar? Uh, Jacob tells, tells them that Paul was talking about seeing demons. George tells him to continue, but he uh, is getting shaky so much so that he drops his beer on the floor and just walks out of the room. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't even pick it up. He doesn't even shit. And I was like, oh, my God, they see it, too. Right. Rod cracks a joke, um, and, but nobody in the room finds it funny when the— uh, after after he cracks a joke, pretty much. Uh, Frank sheds a tear, and then we cut to the men on the roof. Jacob is telling them that Dr. Carlson also died the same exact way as Paul. Jacob mentions that they are all going crazy, and Doug questions if Jacob thinks it has something to do with that night. And I think one of them's like, I'm not going crazy. You're going, you guys are going crazy. You guys are nuts. There's one guy, it's like the white dude with long yeah. hair, He's and the guy that wasn't balding with long hair. He didn't seem affected. No. And he seemed fine. But at the same time, I don't remember seeing him in the Vietnam first cut. I don't know. I'll I'll be real. When I was watching this film, I was like, a lot of these white boys look the same. It's true. Like, it's true. Uh, so much so that I thought Jacob's hair was straightened because he looked like <laughs> everyone else. Um, Fair enough. But, <laughs> yeah, I, enough. I remember thinking, like, why this one guy? This one guy seems totally fine, but everyone else. I think it's because he wasn't actually there. Yeah? I believe he's actually a demon. Huh. <laughs> I don't know, though. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. And very quickly. Go ahead. Well, it's actually in a later scene, but in a later scene, he's not there when they all kind of turn on Jacob. Yep. So, who knows? It's fascinating. He tells the group of men that they need to see the army um, to see what is going on with them. Rod tells them that they are all paranoid. It was Rod. That's that's his name. And that there's no such thing as demons. We cut to the men seeing a lawyer by the name of Geary. They are telling him that they are telling him that they want to sue the army and have him dig into what is going on with them. Geary agrees to look into it. One of the men asks if they have a chance, and Geary feels pretty good about their chances, but he can't predict anything. I think it was actually Rod who asked that too. Yeah, I think Rod was oh, yeah, one who he asked did. if he, if he, if they have a chance. Or was it? I don't remember. Or it might have been Doug. I don't remember. I don't remember. It was so, it was a white dude. Jacob tells Geary that they are that they are not in it for the money. Uh, the men are walking out of the lawyer's office, but someone is watching them from across the street. Mm-hmm. It's that same exact car. Was it? Yeah. Okay. It's black. It's a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, it's it's that car. Um, the men are walking out of the lawyer's office, but someone is watching them from, oh, excuse me, watching from across the street. Jacob is back in the, uh, apartment shaving while taking, while talking with Jesse. She tells him that Geary called while he was in the shower. Jesse tells Jacob that he is no longer going to take his case. Uh, and she also tells him, she's like, she's actually consoling at this point. She's like, don't be mad. He's yeah. not going to take your case and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, she tells him that his friends backed out. Jacob is looking for his little black book to call his friends um, that backed out of the uh, the lawsuit. Jesse, worried, has uh, to, has to leave and kisses Jacob goodbye. Jacob calls Frank to tell them to tell him that uh, to Jacob calls Frank to ask why did everyone back out. Frank tells him that it is true. We all backed out. He tells him that war is war and that things happen. Jacob doesn't understand, so he thinks that someone was talking to them. He he tells Frank that he is going to call the other guys, but Frank um, tells him to stop um, and tells him that they are not interested. Jacob tells Jacob tells him that the army is holding something back, um, and they have to figure out what it is. Frank tells him 
that uh, he has to go and not to call back ever again. I was like, ooh, high school. Right. Frank is in, a, is in the room with the other men, but only two of them. He's, he's in there with George and Doug. Uh, he looks at them, and you can see that they have worry in their eyes. I put here a, a beautiful emotion from all the men in the scene. Like, you can really tell that they were f- contemplating, like, what the fuck is going on. I was wondering what the fuck was going on. I mean, hey, we all wonder <laughs> what the fuck is going on. Jacob is in the court office to ambush Geary with questions about backing out. He asks him who is who has he been talking to, and Geary tells him that there is nothing that he can do. Jacob still presses on. Gary lets him know that the story was all bullshit and that there is no information of Jacob ever even going to Nam. <gasps> Jacob still doesn't understand and demands more information from Geary. He grabs Geary, but Geary tells him to go fuck himself. Jacob throws him onto the wall and walks out of the court. Um there was one on the wall, violent as shit. He's like, ah, ah, like, like imagine in that feels though, fucking going to war yeah. in a violent ass war for your country to come back, and then no and, one has any recollection of you even being there. Yeah, not only that, but not even the like, just no respect. That's for true. They yeah, no respect for the veterans. They look at you as a crazy. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of veterans have experienced that 100%. same notion. Um, it fucking sucks. It really and does. also, I'm sure there has been weird shit that the government has done. To people specifically. I agree. Right? You never know what. Um, where people can just be erased like that. Yeah. And it's fucking wild. And and I, I picture this as a as a metaphor to uh, how veterans aren't treated well at all. Mm-hmm. Especially coming back. I exactly. Mean, I mean, Vietnam. It's so hard to get a job. Yeah. It's, it, and that's why he works at the fucking post office, yeah. right? Like, it's just like, I felt like that was a huge, like, a uh, society metaphor. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't, I think I've seen this. I only know this because of like pop culture and media. But like, uh, to me, it seems like more so Vietnam veterans came back and they were just fucked. They were. They like, I mean, you've seen Forrest Gump. Yeah, the veteran. Yep. That is just like depressed and yep. hates in the wheelchair. Life. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, <clears throat> I feel like that's what what's being shown off here. It's just like. People fought for for us, and they came back, and they were mistreated. They yeah. were just seen as insane. Treated like shit. Yeah. Yeah, PTSD also, too. It wasn't really a, a, an actual terminology that was used either. Like, they that wasn't, in, I guess, found. It was still right? discovered. It was, exactly. It, yeah. it was still, like, kind of in the wraps, right? Um, while walking down the stairs, two men grab him and throw him in a car. They drive off extremely fast, like, fucking fast as shit. Like, oh, my God. The woman there? Yeah, she was just like, oh. I, at first, I was like, do something. But I was like, what I are you going to do? You. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a baby with you, too. Exactly. Um, fuck. I mean, it was that was violent. It's so funny that I'm like, damn, that poor woman. <laughs> How traumatizing! <laughs> yeah, could you imagine? Jesus Christ! Um, the men uh, rough Jacob up a little bit, and a man tells him that um, they have been watching him with his friends for a while. He tells Jacob that he is in over his head, and that the army uh, was part of another life. Jacob gets out of their clutches and fights back to get out of the car. He is kicking the driver and making him crash and. To fucking everything, everything, cars, a whole shit. Motherfuckers driving fast as shit. Yeah, right. And on top of that, like 
when you look inside the car, it looks like he's driving very, very moderately. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, when one of the suits says the line, the army was another life. Yeah. I was like, what does that mean? Like, but, what are you talking about? But now that the, I watched Alex the full film, it, yeah. like, I understand. It's like, <laughs> even, this movie is fucking, like, even in Jacob's oh. mind, he understands that, like, the army will go into purgatory and just say, nah, son. That's, no, like, don't correlate us with all of yeah. this. Like, that, that's, we are not responsible for this. <laughs> even though we are, right? But even though, like, yeah. It's, it's like, there's some other shit going on, and the government will come and infiltrate, like, the afterlife just yeah. to fucking say, don't fuck with us. Fucking gnarly. Yeah. Uh, he is kicking the driver and making him crash into everything. Jacob falls out of the car um, in front of a man panhandling dressed as Santa Claus. Fuck the the Santa. man goes up to Jacob to take his wallet, but he says, you poor, poor man. Very, like, like sarcastically. Well, I think what it, it what the Santa was doing was... Making it making it look pleasant for any uh, like potential witnesses. Right. I went to go check if he was okay, but in the time he was covering up what he was doing. Yeah. By taking his wallet. Exactly. The man goes up to Jacob to take his wallet and continues ringing his bell afterwards. We got to Jacob being rushed into a hospital room. A doctor by the name of Doctor Stewart uh, asks Jacob what happened. Jacob tells him that my back. My back. Doctor Stewart asks uh, one of the cops if he has any identification. The cop tells him that he has. He doesn't have anything. No wallet. Nothing. Uh, Jacob tells him that it was stolen by Santa. <laughs> and they're, 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 Another one that just makes you seem fucking out of your mind. The doctors are like, "All right, don't even look at them. Don't even yep, talk to them. Don't even." They're like looking at each other, like, "What the fuck?" Uh, the doctor continues to a surgical room. Uh, they start working to see uh, what is hurting him. Jacob screams and asks for Louie. And even one of the nurses is like, who's Louie? But then he just passes out Yeah, from the pain. But you can tell that she doesn't really care who Louie no, is. She doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, she knows who Louie is. <laughs> Busting there like a fucking boss. Stewart tells him that uh, that they need to, to take him to uh, get x-rays. We cut to the nurses t- uh, taking him down the hall. While doing so, the hall looks like uh, one... Uh, looks like no one has inhabited it for years. Jacob is conscious at this point and notices that Gabe's bike is in one of the rooms and calls for his son. Eventually, they make it to the psych ward. The patients are banging their heads on the windows, on the floor curled up, and rocking back and forth. They uh, they continue moving forward with patients above him over a gate. One woman breastfeeding. One uh, man who has... Uh, like deformed legs crawling over. it was nuts it was it was traumatizing the force breastfeeding it looked like she was force breastfeeding a doll it was a doll it was a doll dude she was shoving that yeah, titty she, she was in its uh, face it. yeah take this titty take it baby damn like <laughs> that's the the titty mention for this episode that's yeah exactly <laughs> we have to mention one titty each episode <laughs> uh they continue moving forward uh with patients above him going into another room uh where severed limbs are all over the floor oh dude that so the fucking it was gross right and it when they're awesome when they're, push, <laughs> when they're pushing the bed and it's just uh, over, over fucking limbs yeah, nothing the wheel goes over a limb and yeah yeah, like nothing. They make it to a room and start uh, strapping Jacob in for surgery. Oh, I didn't even mention that 
you also get a look of a, of the another torso shaking its head yeah. rapidly. It's and same it had like one. a bag. It was like the big dude again. Yeah. He he keeps coming up. Yeah. <gasps> Do you what? think it's the um in the opening scene when the the attack is happening? Um there's a there's like a certain comrade that he's like watching the whole time the one that's having the seizure yeah do you think it's him but his face is covered in every scene because of like how traumatic oh like george you mean is that the his one name? With, yeah the one who has like blood coming out of yeah. his nose do you think it's I george i don't think so okay but i do think it is someone from the war okay um, but i think it's the guy that they show who has the big gun just shooting like it's like really i think it's him i think they have different he was, skin tones it kind of looks like they do yeah, I don't know. We'll whatever. <laughs> like, whatever. I don't know because I feel like his friends can't or his comrades can't be the the demons because like I think they're also being affected by it too because I also think they're dying. Yeah. Um. Who knows? Who knows? They cut to they cut. Uh, they make it to a room and start strapping Jacob in for surgery. Jesse comes into the room dressed up as a nurse, and Jacob whispers to get him out of here. The doctor asks him where he wants to go, and Jacob says home. The doctor tells him that you are home yeah. and that he is dead. Jacob is trying to tell him that he is alive and that he just hurt his back, and the doctor tells him that he has been killed. An eyeless man puts a needle in Jacob's head. <laughs> we cut to we cut brief uh, we cut briefly to a flashback, but only showing the sky. A man is saying that they are losing him, while another tells them to be careful. Back in the hospital, and Jacob's ex-wife Sarah and his two sons come into the come in to visit. Sarah starts telling him that they heard what happened. Jacob whispers that he is not dead to Sarah, and she tells him, um, of course not, and that he just hurt his back. His kids joke around and tell him to hang in there. Sarah tells him that uh, she still loves him, uh, and a man tells him to dream on. And we don't see the man. Yeah. And it scares the shit out of Jacob. He's like, oh, God, no, please. Yeah. And he's like, he starts crying again. Dude. And he, t- he tells his wife to help me. That fucked me up. It fucked them up, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like they did. They were just like, the kids were quiet. The yeah. wife was quiet. And she just kind of went over to give him another kiss. Uh, but then we cut to Louis bursting inside the hospital looking for Jacob. Um, but no Sarah and no kids. Nope. They're just gone. Yep. Uh, he starts yelling for Jacob. Jacob hears him and responds to him and lets him know that he's inside this room. Louis starts unhooking Jacob from the bed and tells the orderlies to stay back. He's just yelling at him, like, stay the fuck back. Hey, he fucking grabs something as if going to attack. Yeah, about to attack him. Um, but at the same time, I feel like they're also scared, too, because this like, motherfucker owns this yeah, place. Yeah, like, like, they were scared of him. They were and I was genuinely scared, where it's just like, there's five of you. Yeah, and not only that, but, like, they they even stopped to call security right. at that point. They were just... They were about to, but they yeah, didn't. They did. I was like, "What?" Yeah. Louis Lucifer. He grabs a wheelchair and starts rolling Jacob out of the hospital. We cut to Louis working on Jacob's back. Jacob tells Louis that he is dying. I wonder if the uh, which was random, by the way. It, it is random, but I wonder if those orderlies in the hospital were actually angels. Ooh. And I wonder if they were not. They were all in white. They were all in white. And not necessarily saving his life, but I wonder if he actually was dying in that moment. Very quick, 
uh, tangent on that. They were all wearing white, like white, 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 which is like not. I mean, like you. Associate, it was very odd for this movie, though. Yeah, like you always associate like doctors and nurses to wear all white, but in reality, yeah. they don't. No. Um, very tangent again. Like I said, um, one thing I noticed with Jesse is she always wore black, black. and red. Yeah. Um, so it's. I think there is um some type of correlation with it, that. There, it's deliberate. I really think it's deliberate. Um. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, no worries. While cracking his back, Louis asks him if he has ever read Meister Eckhart. Jacob says no, and Louis cracks a joke about how did you receive your master's without reading Eckhart. <laughs> Louis tells him that Eckhart saw hell too. He continues telling Jacob what Eckhart said. Quote, the only thing that burns in hell is the part of you that won't let go of your life, your memories, your attachments. They burn, they burn them all away, but they are not punishing you. They're freeing your soul, end quote. So when I heard that, I thought about when Jesse burned all the photos. Yeah. And I was like, hmm. Yep. It's it, it all. I mean, with all these theories that we're breaking down, I feel like they all make so, so much, much sense. more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Louis tells him that uh, if you are afraid of dying, then you'll see devils tearing your life away. But if you accept it, the devils are angels freeing you from the earth. One last crack, and uh, Louis gently raises Jacob up to try to walk. He he's able he's able to, and Jacob cracks a smile. Back in the apartment, Jacob grabs a box. He opens it. Inside, there is his diploma and discharge letters, photos of his squadron, his dog tags, money, and a note from his dead son, Gabe. While looking at the photos, he uh, he is having uh, memory flashbacks of him and his squad and Nam. He also has a flashback about Gabe. Gabe is walking his bike but dropped some baseball cards. When he goes down to pick them up, he is struck by a car. Jacob is on the edge of the bed crying while looking into the mirror, but then notices Gabe running in the background. When he goes to move the mirror, there's another demon man shaking his head super fast. This poor guy. Jesus Christ. That guy who was shaking his head this time did look like uh, Rod Yeah, to me. Yeah, I, I, I got that sense too. Yeah. Um, I want to add that at this point, man, like I was watching Jacob and just the look of torment in his face and just, just he, he looks so tired. Right? Yeah. He looks exhausted. He looks like he's dying. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it's so sad to say, and please, if anyone listening like ever feels this, please reach out for help. But it, 100%. Really, it really feels like to the point where he's like, I'm ready to end it myself. Yeah. And I, I could only imagine with people with mental disabilities that go through things similar to this, how, how that thought could come across right? where it's just like, I can't take this anymore. Yeah. And I, I felt that when watching this scene, um, because very quickly he sees a glimpse of Gabe's like spirit. Right. Yeah. And probably, it kind of snaps him out of it a little bit. Yeah. But then they bring him back. Yeah. And it's just fucking tormenting and sucks to see. Um, it's powerful. I yeah. mean, the more and more we talk about this film, the more I'm impressed by it. Because when I watched it, I was like, yeah, this was fine. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. Like, I, I see what they were doing. But yeah. now that we're really breaking it down, I'm like, damn, this movie is smart. Yeah, this movie is absolutely genius. And that's why I watch it every year. Like, it's almost every year. Like, I've I've, I've seen this movie so many fucking times. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, this movie is 
dreadfully smart, mm-hmm. but it's a very great conversation piece, conversational yeah. story. And like, that's, it's, it's super great for this that. This is the type of movie that it's so much more fun to watch it with someone and then talk about it afterwards. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Because it keeps you very engaged. Like, the movie is, like, there's no boring beats in this movie. Like, it's like beat, 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 and the story just keeps moving there's yeah. no slow paces it can be a lot to handle because when i was watching i'm like this is it's a stressful lot. yeah it is stressful it's that's stressful. a good word for it yeah, yeah. yeah it's a stressful movie and that's gonna be all of this this whole fucking month i know that's so. exactly <laughs> what i thought <laughs> we're gonna watch so many stressful oh, movies oh boy <laughs> jesse comes into the room and calls out to him um startling him she asks him where where has he been um and uh, da, 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 da. Jacob tells her that he was at the hospital, but she has checked every hospital in the city and he wasn't there. The phone starts to ring. Jacob tells her to not pick it up, but she does anyway. The, per- the person on the other line is asking for him She start- and starts telling her about Vietnam in some kind of experiment. Jacob runs over and takes the phone. The man on the phone tells him that he wants to meet him. Um, so he can tell him more about what happened to him during this experiment. Jesse doesn't want him to go, but Jacob tells her sorry and goes anyway. At the location in front of the food truck or coffee truck, um, a man by the name of Michael Newman introduces himself to Jacob. Jacob asks Michael why he is following him, and it is because he was uh, one of the survivors. A cop car passes by, and Mike, um, uh, calling him... Oh, excuse me. I said here, uh, and Mike, and I said I'm going to call him Mike from now on. So, yeah, <laughs> tells him that they cannot uh, that they cannot talk here because it's not safe. Walking in the junkyard, Mike is telling him about how he is poached um, to make this drug because he was busted with an LSD charge. The army told him that they uh, will make all his charges go away if he comes to Nam to create this new synthetic drug. Mike was in a lab in Saigon creating a mind altering creating mind-altering drugs and he called it the latter he continues telling jacob that uh they wanted to drug uh they wanted a drug that increased aggressive tendencies because they because the bronze or brass felt like they weren't strong enough they thought fucked up they thought the men this day and age fighting this war were soft were soft and and it's another thing that goes back to it these men were drafted Mm mm-hmm these are men that did not want to go to war. Yeah. Um, and uh, my grandma's brother, who who passed away, um, he was drafted into the Vietnam War. Oh, shit. And, like, the stories that he told my grandma, like, were insane. And he died shortly after that. Like, he, he didn't live longer after that. Like, I want to say maybe another five years. Damn. And he died. And shit. Fucking intense. His name was Ray. Uh, but the army wanted something that will stir up the stir up the squads to have them actually fight. Mike tells them that they tried the drug on monkeys and it worked. They chewed off their own t- their own tails. They gouged out each other's eyes. Worked great. That's crazy. Awesome. Um, then they forced the scientists to try it on POW sanctioned off in a courtyard. And this actually strikes a chord with. Mike, right? Like he starts crying. Yeah. Um he, he even says they were they were just kids. They were just kids. Yeah. yeah. He tells Jacob that a couple of days uh later that uh they use they use it on his battalion to see the effectiveness on the field. Mike says that it that it didn't perform the way they thought, and he knew that it wasn't gonna perform that way either. Yeah, and he told them. He told them. 
Jacob tells him that he doesn't remember and asks if they had to, if they actually fought anyone. Mike tells him that they did fight, but they didn't fight the Viet Cong. They killed each other instead. Yeah. And he called it brother against brother. Mm-hmm. He, oh, man. Yeah, it's when, f- fucking rough. When he said that, I was like, I knew it. <laughs> In the very beginning, I was like, are they fucking killing each yep. other? No, you got it. Um, yeah, I was really impressed with myself. Yeah, like, I no, you got, it. You, you got it right away. That's um, awesome. But, yo, I got major, major, like, I had... Not okay. So when I was hearing this conversation, I was like, "Yo, I bet Hideo Kojima, creator of Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> watched this ideas. movie. He loves was, horror films. Yeah, and I know he's a huge movie buff. Um, I was like, dude, he must have been inspired by this movie. He had to have been inspired by it because um, I was getting so many Metal Gear vibes. Yeah, um, and this shit doesn't make sense like Metal Gear. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we cut to a fly, uh, to a quick flashback of a man shooting a machine gun at his own squad. Mike let Jacob know that he felt responsible and needed to find him. We cut to Jacob running down the street and calling for a cab, pulling uh, pulling up behind him. He gets in the car and tells him that uh, tells him to take him to Brooklyn. While driving, Jacob is having flashbacks of of him getting stabbed by his own mate. Um, the cab is pulling up up front of an apartment building. Jacob is greeted by by a front door clerk by the name of Sam who remembers him. He's like, long time no see, Mr. Yeah. Singer. Jacob heads inside and starts walking upstairs to his old apartment. Once inside, he calls out to Sarah. No answer. He walks into the dining room, continuing to call out to his sons. No answer. Jacob goes to photos of Gabe that are on a piano and begins to smile and cry. He heads in another room and thinks about what Louie told him earlier about being afraid of death. Jacob sits down and begins thinking about his children and mainly Gabe. We cut to the morning um, and Jacob is in the same spot, but he hears a music box playing from the other room. Jacob gets up to uh, to check out the sound and, uh, and it's Gabe on the bottom of the stairs. He calls out to him, and Gabe greets him with a big smile, and Jacob cracks another smile and goes to uh, hug his son. Gabe tells him that it is okay, and then tells him uh, to come upstairs with him. They begin to walk into the light together, and I'll put here metaphors and shit. (laughs) Metaphors and shit, exactly. (laughs) We cut to Jacob dead on a surgical table and a doctor calling his death. Oh, Oh, excuse me, dead on a army surgical table yep there you go <laughs> and a and a doctor is calling his death one of the men says that he looks peaceful and then um and that he put up one hell of a fight yep so he was in and out of consciousness in and out of life and death and just going yeah. back and forth for the listeners he is in vietnam yes he's Be- still there and it is if you didn't get that from us spoiling some of this earlier yeah which was tough but yeah. and i hate spoilers but um even though we, this is our job <laughs> yeah. at the moment of his death you know it's shortly after the attack in vietnam because his hair right. is short he looks a lot younger right very quick i wanted to add this but do you remember the scene where we we're talking about where uh jacob leaves sarah's him in sarah's bedroom walks in to talk to gabe eli and jed and he sings gabe a melody yes he's singing the same song in that tent where they called his death. Yes. Yeah, the, that's the song that's playing at the end, e- even during credits. Yeah. And yep. it's like, fuck, it's like, you know, when 
people say when someone's in a coma, talk to them, they could still hear they you. Still hear, or yeah. you know, when you're dreaming and you hear something in the living world and it incorporates itself in its, in your dream, like yeah, that's I feel like that's like it's so subtle, but it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, the two men walk out of the infirmary while uh, music is playing, and we are left with the message. It, it was reported that the hallucinogenic drug BZ was used in experiments on shoulders on soldiers during the Vietnam War. The Pentagon denied the whole story. Mm-hmm. Then credits. Yeah, this movie's fucked. This movie is. This fucked. movie is genius, though. It is. It, I have to give it props. It's a very smart movie, and honestly, I do actually. Like, suggest people watch this. I do, too. And it's something that when I finished watching, I was like, I probably won't ever watch that again. But, like, after this conversation, I want to go watch it with people. Like, I I like this movie 50 times more. After you talked about it. After talking about it. Because now you can go back and look for this stuff. Yeah. But it really just gets the the juices flowing, right, when you start thinking about it. Right, 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 right. right. Converse about it. But, like, yeah. Seriously, I want to see other people's opinions. Like I think about, I want to watch this with Bella because she yeah. actually really loves uh, Vietnam War flicks. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's one of her favorite genres. Oh man, and awesome. surprising, right? Yeah, it uh, is. <laughs> so, um, it really is. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I would love to like just gather, get get her like perspective. Yeah, get on her it. exactly, and like without even breaking it down, what my thoughts were. Like I just want to like watch it with her and just let's talk about it afterwards, yeah. or with anyone else, like. Yeah, this is a great party movie. Yeah, I agree. Um, like surprisingly, I mean, but honestly, gotta, most horror films are great party yeah. movies. <laughs> but I think you gotta get it with people that are like down to analyze films. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you definitely want to watch this movie with movie buffs. Exactly. Like you, you don't want to watch this with just anyone because anyone will just see this as a scary movie because yeah. it is scary. Like yeah, you, this movie is not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. Like this movie, there's limbs and shit. There's there's creatures. There's a lot of drastic shit, but the undertones are what really hit you. Yep. And I, I think it's absolutely beautiful. But we have some facts for you here. Movie facts. Movie facts. All effects were filmed live with no post-production. Whoa. Right? That's really cool. That fucking blows my mind. Yeah. For example, to achieve the famous shaking head effect, director Adrian oh, Lin shit. simply filmed the actor waving his head around and keeping his soldiers and his shoulders <laughs> and the rest of his body completely still at four frames per second, resulting in an incredibly fast and deeply disturbing motion when played back in normal frame rate of 24 frames per second. Fuck. That's not smart fucking shit that's crazy though. jesus christ like i have tears in my eyes because of this right now that's <laughs> insane to me uh the virgin street station in the film was actually abandoned yeah i was gonna say that yeah. uh, it was creepy in there yeah lower level portion of the station which had to be retiled and fixed to look as if it was still in working condition imagine that an abandoned station seriously and this is like probably like the story is probably taking place mid to late 80s. Yeah, definitely. Um, or, damn, yeah, so like, ugh. Yeah, seriously, yeah. I don't know, something creepy. that's creepy. Super creepy. And it being gated off. I remember thinking like, yeah. in San Francisco, we don't get off BART. Because no. I was like, oh, maybe to keep like homeless out. But then again, I was like, but even so, like. We what do you- when, when BART doesn't run after a certain time, though. Yeah, but a lot of the tunnels are connected, right? So yeah. it's like. 
because at this station, it's like you lock those gates, you're locking people in too, and That's that true. was the case here. So. Yeah, yeah, because I know. Uh, even here, like we, that's something that they're going to start doing. They're going to start adding gates. Oh, um, in in parts of the station, they're going to have police walk through and tell people, "All right, get out of here." Gotcha. Um, but eh, I, I mean, New York's different. They they evolved a lot faster with their subway system than we did. Yeah, still ain't working for them. <laughs> according to director and Adrian Lin, uh, the drug aspect of the story was inspired by Martin Lee and Bruce uh, Schlein's book. Acid Dreams, the CIA, LSD, and 60s Rebellion. Damn. Cool. Um, uh, for all of the, cryo- the uh, chiropractor scenes, director uh, Lynn ensured there there was a real chiropractor on set who would work with actor Danny Leo so as to ensure authenticity. According to Lynn, chiropractors often approach him and thank him for going to the trouble to getting what they do exactly right. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I've watched some chiropractor videos on YouTube. And when Louis was doing his stuff, I was like, yo, he's doing some shit I've seen on YouTube. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, when Jacob Singer unfolds an old Army discharge certificate, the service number US21719365 can briefly be seen. This war- this would correspond to a National Guard service number with the prefix indicating follow-up conscription into the Army of the United States. According to the U.S. Army records, the service number seen in this film was assigned to a soldier named Thomas K. Wright, who served from 1959 to 61 with discharge as a Specialist for pay grade E4. Thomas Wright would later become the property master from, for the film Jacob's Ladder, using his own service number for the scene where the discharge certificate is briefly visible on camera. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. In a 2015 retrospective film, Tim Robbins said that one of his, one of the reasons he thought it didn't do well in box office was how the film's violent, harrowing scenes in Vietnam didn't jibe with national mood in the fall of 1990 during the run-up of the Gulf War. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Served a major inspiration to the early vid- uh, early video games in Silent Hill. Oh. So that's where the inspiration came from. I could see that. I could yep. totally see that. Right? The the James Brown funk song, My Thing, heard during the uh, uh, Racious Parties, uh, the raunchy party scene, appeared on a double album of Brown's, um, on Brown's album called hell hmm. well <laughs> pretty on the nose yep uh i'll do what i would yeah, all right i'll do i'll do one more <laughs> um let me get a let me get a juicy one though let's get a juicy one hey. all right there's a juicy one uh in Bruce Joel Rubin, uh, Rubin's original screenplay, all the demons who appeared throughout the film were typically biblical demons with horns, wings, cloven hooves, etc. Director Lin felt that this kind of imagery could e- very easily come across as comic, which would destroy the film. He felt that the fact that the imagery was so far from human lessened its impact, and as such, he decided he wanted the demons to be humanesque, but not quite human. During his research into this, which which was when he discovered the photograph of Joel Peter Whitkin, Lynn came across the uh, Taladimid scandal. Taladimid was a drug made available for purchase from 1957 to 61. Um, Ostensibly, it was designed to treat pregnant women, primarily as an anti-medic to 
combat morning sickness and secondarily as a sleeping aid. However, prior to its release, inadequate clinical tests were carried out leading to roughly 10,000 children in Africa and Europe being born with severe physical deformities because their mothers had been taken uh, had, had been taking the drug during their pregnancy. The most common defects were uh, fosamilia, dysamilia, amelia, (laughs) and polymelia, all conditions which affect the appearance of the limbs. During his research, Lynn studied uh, this case and came to feel the birth defects caused the drug uh, represented the perfect uh, starting place for his redesign of Ruben's demons uh the scandal was also an inspiration to david cronenberg's scanners you will be watching scanners okay that is a part of body horror month okay so prepare yourself and your body (laughs) but my body is prepared let us know what you think about jacob's ladder over on twitter at goodnight life and that's night with a k By all means, like seriously, I truly, deeply want to know what your guys' thoughts are about this movie because this movie is fucking bonkers. It is balls to the wall, and it's just it's so intense. And Jesus Christ, like what a movie! Um, and I'm glad we actually got to discuss this for our first first initial movie. Yeah, it's a it's a good opener for the month. It really, really is. Uh, but the next movie that we do have on our list is uh, Jennifer Kent's The Babadook. I'm excited. I am very excited for you to watch this. I know you haven't seen this either, right? No, I, there was like maybe five or six times where I was going to watch yeah. it. Yeah. And um, I'm not going to lie. There's been a lot of times where um, I saw responses online when I looked up. That detoured you? Yeah, and then people were like, it sucks. And I'm like. They suck. Yeah. So I'm ex- because it's on our list. Yeah. I know I'm gonna enjoy it. Right. As funny as that sounds, uh, it's it's honestly it's I've only seen it once, so I'm really excited to jump back yeah. in. Yeah, because you've literally because every movie we've watched are films that I have never seen, and you've yeah knocked except it out. For, except for two, I think. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's you've, true. You've seen The Conjuring and you've seen Get Out. I don't those even know are the why only two. I forgot about those. Films. Yeah, <laughs> but all the films I haven't seen. You've knocked it out of the park with the selection. Oh, I have? Yeah. Oh, I, thank you. Straight up, every time I'm like, yo, I, I think this every time, too. I'm like, Prince is on top of this or picking this movie. <laughs> Damn, all right. That's awesome. Yeah, I I try to make it at least seem like something that will be a good conversation piece. Oh, I mean, I hope because it's for the podcast. That's true. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is. Because yeah. like, I feel like these conversations are very genuine. Right? Yeah, and even if we even go back to like what for like it follows like we weren't big fans of that but we had a great conversation about yeah it. and even though it was probably my least favorite like i still i don't regret watching it right i was like i'm glad i watched it yeah absolutely yeah. i'm so glad that we're opening quite the door open for you for horror yeah like and, this is great and, <laughs> and don't worry because freddie picked out it follows he did he definitely <laughs> did freddie picked out a few movies they are on the list just not yet <laughs> Uh, but this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight. Across from me, we had David. Spoopy Boys. Also known as Nightly. Our efforts to get this show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating us five stars are, is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. And that's night with a what? K. By pledging on Patreon, you have... We, 
excuse me, by pledging on Patreon, you will have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have access, if you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.